Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Mental Wellness Wake-Up Show, a weekly podcast where growth-minded, creative people come to learn best practices from both spirituality and psychology that create lasting well-being. I am your host, mental wellness expert, improvised acting teacher, therapist, and coach, Dawn McMillan. Let's get to it. What I want to talk about today is... I want to make a case for genuosity and why I felt compelled to make up a word. And in order to do so, I first have to make a case against vulnerability and perhaps even authenticity. So what am I talking about and why? I had a conversation recently with someone who I respect very highly about the problem with vulnerability. So what I have experienced as I move through the world and as we have all embraced this vulnerability movement, and in case that's not you, let me give you a little history. There is a writer and a, th- and a public figure named Glennon Doyle who came to prominence because of her vulnerability. Her story is that there was some little fun a social media quiz, like 10 things you don't know about me. And she had written stuff about her deep inner world and the struggles that she was going through. That went viral. She had a blog and a book and now she has a podcast and she's very well known for being authentic and vulnerable with all apologies to Glennon. When she first came to my awareness, it was through her being on other people's podcasts. I hadn't experienced her work directly from her. And what I experienced was a whole lot of people just whispering in vocal fry and sounding, I'm being so super sincere right now. Like I found it very performative and mildly insulting. I did, however go through the trouble of actually reading her books. And I think she's a brilliant thinker. And I really believe that her contribution to the dialogue is invaluable. However, the experience that I initially had is part of my complaint about this vulnerability authenticity movement. It's that it becomes performative, weaponized, and manipulative. Let's talk about Brene Brown. I feel like Brene Brown is one of those third rails. I was going to say sacred cow, but that feels really insulting. Um, You're not allowed to not love Brene Brown in the circles in which I run. She's, you know, the, the truth, the word, the one who leads us. And I have no issues with Brene Brown. But again, I think her very good work has been corrupted by the way it's understood and used in popular culture. So we talk about being vulnerable and what that has started to look like is being confessional. So often I will see people want to show how vulnerable they are by being super confessional about their thoughts, their experiences, their lives, their opinions, not out of And this is my perception, not out of a sense of genuinely wanting to connect with other people, but rather out of a sense of 
wanting to get credit for being vulnerable, wanting to manipulate a certain response from someone else like, oh, wow, you are being so vulnerable. I admire you now. In contrast to genuinely opening up to someone for the purpose of genuinely opening up to someone. So we have these movements about being vulnerable, about being authentic, about sharing your inner world, which are so beautiful and so necessary. And let's just take a look at what vulnerability actually is. My friend, Jamie Parrish, who you may remember from a past podcast, was sharing with me a perspective she got from a Lacanian philosopher. And to sum up, my words aren't nearly as good as his, but to sum up, you don't have to try to be vulnerable. The truth is you are. Think about our ancestors on the savannah, our little human ancestors wandering around trying to survive. In order to do so, our ancestors had to band together and invent weapons. That's how vulnerable we are as a species. We don't have sharp teeth, really. We don't have claws. Our skin is easily punctured. <laughs> I myself got a gash on my fingers from cleaning up uh, something off the ground at the park. For those of you who don't know, I live in a desert area and there's sharp things everywhere. So that's how vulnerable I am. I'm picking something off the ground and I get a gash in my finger from a plant. And then let's talk about emotional vulnerability. You are emotionally vulnerable to other people. Even those of us who are the most closed off, what is the point of working that hard to try not to be affected by other people? If you were invulnerable, there would be no effort. So the reality of vulnerability is you don't have to try to be vulnerable. You are. What we're talking about is releasing the illusion and the panic and the trying to pretend as though you are invulnerable. So we walk around actually vulnerable, both physically and emotionally, all the time, all the time. If you've ever spent hours after an event or weeks or months or some of us years, running it over and over and over in your head, that's evidence of your vulnerability. And our vulnerability terrifies us. It terrifies us. And so we try all of these machinations to prove that we are invulnerable, to try to protect ourselves, to fool ourselves into thinking that it's possible to be unaffected by the world around us. Is that working? In ACT and Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, we talk a lot about workability. So in light of the fact that we are all vulnerable all of the time, it makes sense for the vulnerability movement to come along and say, hey, stop trying so hard to fake invulnerability, to create invulnerability, because it's not working for you and it's actually working against you. 
It's preventing you from living fully and richly into life as it is now. I love that sentiment. What I love a whole lot less is that without actually getting to the underpinnings of what vulnerability is really meant to be about, we become confessional manipulators. We go on social media and we bleed or pretend to be bleeding for people in order for them to go, you're so brave. Or what can I do for you? And I think for many of us, we sense the difference. We sense the difference between someone who is sharing in order to connect and share and people who are sharing in order to manipulate and get. So related to that is authenticity. Authenticity movement started for all kinds of good reasons. It was a call, much like the vulnerability movement, to let down our facades, to stop presenting ourselves to the world in these carefully crafted, social media ready, incorrect, untrue branding messages of perfection. There's a woman named Kelly Deals, and I'm going to get it. I hope I get it right. She talks about the female lifestyle empowerment brand. And it's how, at least in the coaching world, there's so much of people wearing these really designer outfits and showing them at the beach, sipping champagne on a ship and really not selling the the work that they can do and the transformation that they can do, but themselves as their lifestyle. There's a whole industry around being an influencer around, look at this lifestyle I've created. Welcome to my world or buy my product and you can be like me. And that's totally a legitimate and wonderful experience. I applaud anyone and everyone who finds that that is the right path for them, their business and their expression. That's not authenticity. That's not vulnerability. Neither is sharing in order to get. Pretending to be vulnerable in order to manipulate people into liking you. Pretending to be vulnerable in order to get people to admire you. And sure, a lot of people can't tell the difference and they think they're being genuine. (laughs) I can't remember the philosopher, but one of my favorite quotes is, it's important not to deceive people and the person easiest to deceive is yourself. We have such huge blind spots when it comes to ourselves. We all do. That's one of the values of going into therapy or having a trusted friend who can say, hey, there's this thing that you do. Do you know that you do it? Or that reverse experience where you're like, oh my gosh, hey, you know what I just realized? And everyone's like, uh, duh. We've been watching you do this for the last 10 years. We are often the last to know. That's part of being human. So what's my point in railing against authenticity and vulnerability? 
It's because we're not doing that. We're not doing that. It reminds me of the whole putting your kids in time out as a disciplinary measure. measure. The way that the research and the studies and the psychologists were recommending it was not as a punishment, was not to like, all right, mister, instead of spanking you, I'm going to tell you, you're in a timeout and you're going to go sit in this corner and think about what you did. That was never the intention. The intention was when your child is misbehaving, they are dysregulated, remove them from the situation that is causing the dysregulation and give them the opportunity to become in alignment with the better angels of their nature so that they can then return to the situation in a way that is socially acceptable. That's not how we use it these days. It's, you're getting a timeout because I'm mad at you and you're not doing what I want. Right? I think the same thing has happened with vulnerability and authenticity. So I want to propose a new movement. Genuosity. So in order to tell you why I believe in genuosity, I want to talk about its opposite, which is being disingenuous. Disingenuous, adjective, not candid or sincere. Here are some synonyms for disingenuous, dishonest, deceitful, underhand, underhanded, duplicitous, double-dealing, two-faced, dissembling, insincere, false, lying, untruthful, mendacious, not candid, not frank, not entirely truthful, artful, cunning, crafty, wily, slyly, sneaky, tricky, scheming, calculating, designing, devious, unscrupulous, shifty, foxy, truthless. When we are, here the air quotes, being vulnerable in order to get admiration, in order to get sympathy, in order to make someone like us, in order to appear real, you're being wildly disingenuous. Wildly disingenuous. It brings to mind, think of someone who is being super uh, warm and fuzzy with someone and pretending that they care about them as a friend and just want to help. But what they're really doing is trying to get sex from that person. Wildly disingenuous, right? Not candid or sincere. And this definition says typically by pretending that one knows less about something than one really does. And so in this case, the case that I'm making, it means pretending that you don't know what effect you're having and that you're not doing it on purpose. So I want to make the case for genuosity, sincerity, being candid and sincere. And sincere is such an old fashioned word. One of my favorite plays is The Importance of Being Earnest, which is a beautiful play on words. And the idea of being earnest, about meaning what you say, saying what you mean, and expressing yourself with honesty and sincerity. 
without the intent to manipulate a specific response. Communicating what you think and what you feel and what you want sincerely, honestly, candidly, and not in order to solicit a specific response. Now that's scary. That's being vulnerable. And there's so many people I admire who do that, who really just, first of all, check themselves before they wreck themselves by saying to themselves, um, what is, what is my real intention here? What am I trying to do? It's something actors do all the time. What's my motivation? That's the acting joke, right? But that's a good question to ask. What's my motivation for sharing this piece of information? I'm mad and I want a vague book so that I can vent about someone. Is my motivation to sort of try to get close to this person so that I can sleep with them, even though I'm never being clear with that that's interesting to me or that's on the table for me? Or is it, I really want to be in an open, honest, genuine relationship with this person. And in order for that to happen, I have to be truthfully myself. Otherwise, the person that they're in relationship with is a fiction. One of my growth edges for much of my life has been being willing to look stupid. As a young person, so much, almost exclusively, the validation that I got in my family and in my life was for being smart. You're smart. You're good at school. You're smart. And so as a less enlightened version of myself, no, I am not claiming to be an enlightened version of myself. I just hope I've made some progress. Doing anything that would make me look stupid was off the table, right? That's my whole whole identity was being smart. And so I was not being my full, open and authentic self with people. If or when, like, I don't understand something. I don't know. Those were not words that I would say because I really needed people to think I was smart. And so now having let that go, if someone uses a word, I don't know, I'll say, what does that mean? Or if someone says, I really don't understand what's happening in this political situation, rather than pretending like I do, because I heard that one NPR segment, I'll be like, yeah, I'm not really clear either. Here are my questions. So being sincere, candid, in being very, very genuine is actually what we're after. And it can feel semantical to be like, we need another word for something. But the reason why we keep having to come up with new words to describe things is that as we practice in any field of endeavor, we learn what's working and what isn't working, which is how shell shock in World War I has come to be post-traumatic stress disorder in the 21st century and will very likely 
morph into something else as we discover nuances from playing in the practice of PTSD that help inform, oh, what we're really talking about is this, are coming with greater refinements. Or because as it is becoming, people use PTSD very colloquially so that clinical PTSD is under represented and misunderstood. So we might need another word to sort of separate out the clinical experience of PTSD from the colloquial experience of PTSD. It's what's happening with OCD right now. People will say, oh, I'm so OCD. And what they mean is that I like things orderly. Whereas obsessive compulsive disorder is a clinical condition with very specific criteria for what it is and how to treat it. I'm making an argument that vulnerability and authenticity are in need of an upgrade. So I present to you genuosity, (laughs) the state of being genuine, as opposed to being disingenuous. I'm making a call for us to be candid and sincere, to be open, to be earnest, And that's swimming upstream, cynicism, nihilism. These are the coins of commerce in our world right now. Being sincerely enthusiastic about something, especially in the culture I come from, you're going to be told you're corny or stupid or acting a fool or clowning. Being genuine, practicing genuosity takes real courage, real courage. And I think that's what's required. I think that's where we want to go. I think the loneliness epidemic that we feel is that we have forgotten how to practice genuosity and be genuine, truly candid, truly sincere, and honest with ourselves and with others. So what would be possible if you called someone up and you said, I'm feeling really lonely and it would be so great if you could just sit on the phone with me for a few minutes and tell me about your day. What might that be like? All right. Thanks for listening. (laughs) And may I have the privilege and honor of reminding you that right here, right now, you are whole, you are perfect. You are complete. You are a glorious being who is worthy and deserving of all the good stuff. All of it. All of it. Until next time. If any part of this pinged with you, I would be so grateful if you could like on whatever platform you're on, especially iTunes, that really makes a big difference. And then share this with at least one other person who might benefit from it. This channel is also on YouTube. So if you prefer to listen to your podcasts on YouTube, I know that sounds weird, but a lot of people do. I, for myself, have found some really great podcasts on YouTube, which is a visual medium, but I digress. Please like, subscribe, and share. It means so much to me. And for those of you who have reached out to me to let me know which episodes have really been meaningful for you and helpful to you, first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, ah, so grateful. So, so grateful.
You can find me on most of the socials at the Dawn McMillan. All right. Bye.